thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by That's Our Time director Alex Backus. The film will screen at this year's Panic Film Festival. Danny is unable to make connections with people in his life. Now his sympathetic therapist tries to help him realize that it's more important to focus on the time you have left than the time you've already spent. Big thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring this episode and to Fort Worth for letting us use the song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com or on Twitter by following at followingfilms. Please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash followingfilms slash support. That's our time. We'll screen on Friday, April 14th at 8.30 p.m. Virtual tickets are also available at panicfilmfest.com slash attend. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Alex. Hey, Christopher. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Good, but everything sound okay on my end? Sounds perfect. Sounds great. great. Thank you. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Super stoked to talk about the film. Well, I had a... I had this really wonderful thing happen where I was at the Phoenix Film Festival. Um, God, I guess it was a little bit over a week ago, about a week and a half ago now. And I see this little 45 sitting on the table. I'm like, that's <laughs> right on. I'm like, that is great. I love that as like a little, you know, little piece of marketing right there. So looked it up and like sci-fi shorts go, okay, I will definitely check this out. And then I, the, uh, just then a few days later, I get the email from the publicist saying that you were doing some press and stuff. I was like, absolutely. I, I need to talk about this because I actually had a really good time with the film, but it's something that I just, I love it when something like this actually works. So yeah, yeah it, it's not often that they do connect, but that was a smart, what, what gave you the idea for that? How did that come around? Uh, I wish I had a more like profound answer other than just like, I'm a total sucker for like cool promotional items. Same here. Yeah. As a kid, like I grew up loving getting like cups from 7-Eleven cups from fast food. Like I, like I'd get like one cup from a movie I was looking forward to. And that would be my water cup for like the year. I think it's kind of, it's a little bit of a lost art like the film promotional item. I just think it's really fun when you can get really creative. And I'm just like you. I go to a ton of film festivals. I see a lot of postcards and I walk by a lot of postcards. Like they never make me want to pick them up and engage with them just because it's, it's cool art. But now we live in a world where we cruise by cool graphics for hours at a time on our phone. There's something kind of tangible and analog about picking up a 45 flexi disc and being like, wait a minute, this will play on my, I should take this home and see if this will play on my record player. And the answer is yes, it'll play all of the music from the film. So uh, I wrote up a friend of mine who owns a super cool punk label. And I was like, Hey, do you have any idea if I could get some uh, flexi disc made? And then the composer was really into the idea. So we just kind of chased it down. We just wanted to do a fun thing that would make people kind of know, all right, they also think outside the box for marketing. I wonder yeah. what their film is like, you know, like kind of tease them like that. Absolutely worked. Cause it was, yeah. it spoke to the 16 uh, year old punk rock kid in me that used to pick up zines and you would have these 
these floppy totally. 45s in the back of it and it would just be two local bands or something like that sharing yeah. this disc and you'd go okay i'm going to find something that maybe i haven't heard before and it was just totally. always something exciting about that for whatever yeah. and i still have a ton of those things lying around because i'm i it's all moved to my garage now because i'm 46 yeah. and i i my yeah. wife thank god keeps my nonsense under control so it would just take yeah. over the house but um we you, just did we just started another garage purge and my wife was like all right I know this is going to be big for you, sweetie. <laughs> I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. Like, which Ghostbuster items am I going to have to part with this year? You know what I mean? <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about, about the film. Um, yeah. Because I actually, I really enjoyed the film. And in fact, it was something that every level of it, I wasn't expecting what it was. The Oddly enough, the title for it, I kind of thought that it was going to be a horror film. Just the mm. the way that the title was laid out, I was like, "Oh, is that? Are those vampire teeth? What's going on with that kind of font? The layout of it, and then almost to some degree, the fact that it was in the sci-fi category uh, became a little bit of a spoiler to me. Where I'm like, "Okay, this is something clearly that you're not seeing, and it's just this interaction in this one therapy session, and then you're kind of as it goes on, you're thinking that the conversation is heading one direction, and it's kind of this redirect." which is something that is really wonderful about short film that you can essentially have a setup punchline joke and that's it. And that's all it has to be. And that's really what this sure. film feels like. Is this something you would want to expand into a larger narrative or yeah, I think it's a I mean, great story? There. Definitely. I mean, I think there's two, there's two tricks with uh, doing short films is one, you have to make a story that's satisfying and gratifying at its face. So yeah. Those 10 minutes need to be rewarding and you need to feel like you had a complete story and you engaged with those characters in a way that was meaningful and you you took something from it. But also a, a really good short film can also kind of tantalize and tease uh, what could come next. Um, you know, to kind of piggyback off something that you just said, uh, it's tough for me when a film festival will be like, this is the sci-fi block because I'm yeah. like part of the beauty without giving anything away about the short, which we really took great kind of care to do is kind of hide that you're watching a genre film until yeah. you learn that you're watching a genre film. So I've watched it in festivals where it plays in the drama block and people are like, Oh, like they, their, 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 their brain kind of gets, gobbled around like scrambled eggs. And then I've watched it in a genre festival block where people are just kind of trying to get ahead. But I think the film kind of lulls people out of that slowly. Yeah. And they're like, wait, this is such a strange vibe. Like, what am I watching here? And I think uh, we've been able to kind of uh, achieve a fun watching experience for folks that really do go into it not looking for what the twist is or what the thing is, what they're really watching. And then I think once they get it, they're then, like you said, kind of wanting more. And I think that's a really fun kind of place to leave people. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're actively developing stuff. We're, we're talking with some uh, production companies, some different studios and you know how Hollywood is this, that's like, that's a long, that's a long, grimy journey. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can to get there. But right now, we're just really excited to share the first step of the journey with people in the short film. And it's so much fun right now, as far as because I've always been a big fan of short films, uh, going to festivals all the time. But until the last five years, really, um, 
there hasn't been an outlet for it unless you were somebody that was going to festivals or going to special art house screenings where they were having these shorts curated. They would just kind of be calling cards, really. And there was something that was just used as a stepping stone for something else. And it seems like now with YouTube and every streaming service that's out there, Netflix, they're all playing shorts now. Um, and in fact, when you look around on Hulu, if you're looking through films, it'll oftentimes put a short film right next to a recommendation of a feature film. And I love that about it because there's something when a short's made right, it just is, you should put it right next to a feature because it's just a complete story. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of uh, a secret about film festivals. Uh, I think people kind of avoid the shorts block because there's kind of a misconception that short films are cheaper or less than, than features. But I kind of tweak that in my brain to the barrier to entry is easier for artists to get in and kind of present you a vision in a way that's cost effective and impactful because feature film is incredibly expensive and incredibly daunting to make. And it's very hard to achieve a vision on a very, very, very low budget. So when you have a short and you kind of compact it, you're kind of seeing what that director, what that filmmaker, what that writer, actor would do if given the big kind of Hollywood juggernaut behind them to push them forward. That's really exciting to me. I I was just at um, Nevermore Film Festival in North Carolina, and some Mm. of the short film blocks were curated so well. I mean, I was watching some of this stuff and I was like, I have to see this director make a feature. This is so compelling to me. So it just means a lot hearing you say that because I'm, I'm all about it. Like my producing partner and I, We always joke that like that should be a thing like auteur directors should go find a short film and always put a short film in front of their film. Like Imagine like if like every time Wes Anderson came out with a new movie, it was like, I wonder what the short's going to be like Pixar. Like what unknown director did this studio or this director find and give them this platform of all these eyeballs? I think that'd be really amazing. And I think it would be really good for independent cinema. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And there's some of the, there's the local art house here, the revival house that will occasionally do that. Um, Usually it'll be something that's on a special occasion, but yeah, I think it should be normalized where you have this. And it's just, I mean, sorry, my, uh, my wife's just getting home right now. So the dogs are letting me know, but um, that's okay. But it's, um, if it was something where, even if it's just as cynical as the studio had a young up and coming director that was, you know, that's how Pixar used it, where they have somebody, okay, go work on a couple of the shorts, and then we'll look at a feature for you. If you had somebody that had been working as an AD, working as an editor, working as a screenwriter, and yeah, what we'll do is we'll attach this to one of our movies this year, and we'll see what kind of reaction that it gets. And then you could even do it, to me, in my mind, you could have that playing different shorts, playing with different films throughout the country and seeing which ones play. And you could really kind of build up a farm team of directors if if that's not too overly gross. No, I mean, I think it's a great way to think about it. I also think, right, I mean, you know, to give uh, theater chains and studios what just deserve or (laughs) pat on the back they do deserve. I mean, obviously, right, it's like it's a time thing. So I'm sure they're like, well, we need to we need to get this movie playing as much as we can. And then that's where I would go. Maybe movies are too long. Maybe we need to get back into this beautiful like you know, hour 30, hour 45 space that we were in for so long. And just, I think a lot of exciting things can come from going out and finding people that we haven't seen before and getting them in front of other filmmakers. I just, 
other filmmakers, other audiences. Yeah, I think short films that if if you go to a festival, always give at least one short block a chance because yes. you're going to find something really cool. Oh, I 100% agree with you. And it's always, it's the, unfortunately, the area where the tickets always seem to be available, that the shorts never seem to sell out. You can hang and but yep. you're going to find things that directors are going to want to follow. It's like when you you show up the two hours ahead of time so you can see the opening bands because you might discover something that you've never yes. heard before. And yeah. um, the, and it's just, for me, I'm always looking for new artists, new things I can follow. And uh, yeah, if I can hear new voices, I'm always on board for that. And it's yeah. I, I think you're right that it's almost like this scene is a second tier where this is not an open mic night where this is the first time somebody's ever tried. This is a, somebody that has tried to put something together and then a somebody who's in charge of the festival has said, yes, we'll allow this to play. So it has been vetted before you're seeing it. So I, I think that it's, if you're there to see those films, they curated, they curated these also. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, this, the short film is usually produced, written, directed, post-production coordinated all by one singular visionary yeah. that is trying not calling myself a visionary but you know what i mean someone who has the vision for the yeah. entire process and they have they've scrounged up the money to submit it and get it into festivals and when it does get in it's a big deal and they want to celebrate it so yes of course when you go to a festival every once in a while you get a short film and you're like they're trying they're going to get there. Like that's part of the fun and the charm of it. And those things, it's like, like you said, it's like working it out. We're just trying stuff. We're seeing what sticks. But when you get that, those one or those two that really do sink into you, I mean, that's, that's magic. That's as good as going to any theater and seeing a big Hollywood studio movie and walking out. I call it, I, I always say like, if my chemistry's right, when I leave a theater, if I'm like levitating, out of that theater like somebody's done somebody's achieved something really special and I, a short film can do it just like a feature can 100 agreed there's never been a festival that i've left where one of the shorts wasn't one of the highlights of the festival for me yeah. it's the thing i just didn't know that i was going to see yeah. at that time so totally. um, but could you talk a little bit about the casting of your film specifically sure. because this is a two-hander and you don't have really anything to lean into um other than the performances. Um, I don't obviously want to give anything away, but um, to where it, it the film reveals itself and it becomes larger than it seems, but essentially it's a film about two people having a conversation. And so if sure. these performances don't work, if your writing doesn't work, there's no amount of cinematography, there's no amount of editing that could hold this thing together. So the casting was so important here. Yeah, I mean, I started as an actor in Los Angeles. So I made my living as a commercial actor and an improviser and sketch comic for Second City for years. So I kind of come at directing from an acting background. So that's kind of the first place I always jump into. I really, really, really care about what the actors are doing. Uh, Marky Richardson, who plays Danny, our, our lead, he's actually a, a dear, dear friend of mine. I've known him for years. Uh, his wife is dear friends with my wife. And as soon as my writing partner, Josh, and I finished the script, I said, all right, I've never done it, but I'm going to send a script to Marquis and see if he's into it. And that was kind of the first domino to fall. Marquis called me and said, I, I, I really love this. I would love to do it. That's like a dream for any independent filmmaker to have somebody who's 
on Netflix series and now on a show with Kerry Washington on Hulu. Like I'm happy to come do your short film like that already was such an honor. So bringing Marky on was as simple as like, I always wanted to work with him and I knew he was perfect for the part. If he's interested. All right. Awesome. That's the place I want to start. When it came to casting the therapist, that was more of a narrative feeling that was like, okay, how do I achieve without giving anything away from the short, right? This person needs to be so authentically 100% truthful and honestly themselves. There can be no veneer, no bullshit, all just this person lives their life exactly the way they say they live their life and they practice what they preach and if people followed what they say they might be a little bit happier and when i was kind of wrapping my head around who that could be i it's so like superficial but i was just like like tattoos i want like i want someone with like up to the neck like down the arms just like tatted like fully yeah. out and my wife said you know i just ran into my friend who's doing a game with Deborah Wilson. And I instantly was like, Deborah Wilson. <laughs> that's like, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. So I, I grabbed uh, my, my producers uh, found her manager's email. We sent her the script. We said, Deborah, we know like, this is a short film. We'd love to send it to you. If you're interested, it would, it would mean a lot to us to have you, you come on and, Three days later, she called and she was like, what does the therapist look like? And I said, oh, the, like you, like exactly like you. And she said, great, I'm in. You know, I just think she didn't want to get all, you don't want makeup covering up. She wanted to be fully, authentically herself on yep. camera. And we instantly kind of started speaking that same language. So once that kind of coupling was done for the film, at that point, it starts to get easy. Then it's all just vibes, right? Then I'm like, all right, I want the production design to look like this. I want to shoot on anamorphic. I want to, I want to frame it. Like that's all the fun, creative riffing with the DP. But once that was established with those two actors, I already knew I was like, this is now, this is going to work. And it informs the visual language, right? Yes. Like once you see them, you go, okay, this is a vibe. These two, how do I now match that with what I'm doing with the camera? How does production design sort of bring this type of energy that these two actors are bringing? And it becomes this really cool kind of like, for lack of a better term, jello mold mm. of, of making film. And so really it, it started with them and it kind of finishes with the two of them. Like they carry the whole thing. It really hinged on them. And they did that scene for all intents and purposes. It's a one scene. It's just we cut around, but we're really one giant long scene. They did that front to back, and we would oh, just wow. roll. We would just roll like, all right, great. And then once I had it front to back, it's like, all right, now we can start doing it in chunks. But they were able to run that scene all ten minutes of it straight, like no problem. Wow, how long did you take to shoot this then? It was only three days. That's really so, impressive. Yeah, because then there's a lot of it's it, there's some there's some fun trickery. There's some fun movie magic in there. It's we have one look, we had one location at a bar out in Hollywood and then everything else was one house that we just dressed mm. to look like different locations. But 
today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by bookman's this week i went into bookman's and i was looking for a film something that reminded me of a film festival be it a film that got its start in a film festival or something that was perhaps about the experience of going to a film festival i went over and looked through the 4k discs and the blu-rays and the dvds nothing was really jumping out immediately so i went over to the box set section and i came across ingmar bergman's cinema if you're not familiar bergman was a master storyteller who startled the world with his stark intensity and naked pursuit of the most profound metaphysical and spiritual questions the struggles of faith and morality the nature of dreams and the agonies and ecstasies of human relationships bergman explored all of these subjects in films ranging from comedies whose lightness and complexity belie their brooding hearts to ground-breaking formal experiments and excruciatingly intimate explorations of family life. Arranged as a film festival, with opening and closing nights, book-ending double features and centerpieces, this selection spans six decades and 39 films, including such celebrated classics as The Seventh Seal, Persona, and Fanny and Alexander, alongside previously unavailable works like Dreams, The Right, and Brink of Life. It's also accompanied by a 248-page book with essays on each film. This particular box set has been something of a white whale for my collection, something I've had my eye on for years, and I've just never felt the need to pull the trigger on it. But then I walked into Bookman's, and there it was. And the price was so incredibly reasonable, I had to pick it up. This is something that I've been wanting to dive into for a long time because with uh, Bergman's filmography, I have a lot of blind spots and I'm really excited to dive in and um, learn more about his work because every time I've gone and watched one of his films, I'm always struck by how his work has been so influential that you can go back and look at these films and you'll see images or themes or just these kind of ideas that he brings up or that he executes in a way that have had just this profound impact on filmmaking. And you start to see, I guess, what feel like tropes later on, but this is the source. This is where they came from. And it's just really fun to go back and uh, dive into this work. And so I'm really excited to start going and seeing some of these films that I've never seen before. And so was able to get this at Bookman's and you should go to Bookman's too and see what you might uncover. Remember Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the show. Mostly, most of the, the the big, long, hard day was like the therapy day. When we were yeah. like in the therapy office, that was the like, we were on set at like seven and we were there until seven or eight. Like we were working the full 12 hours. I also pride myself on getting out early. I'm like really into that idea. I think it's like... I should really know what I want so that yeah. I can look at my crew and be like, Hey, you're leaving an hour early. So on the last day, if I need a little grace to get one last thing that I didn't get, it's always there for me. Cause I sent them home early. The first two days, I try to do that on every project I'm directing. So we were, my producers did a brilliant job of kind of crafting a very tight, but loose schedule. If that makes sense. Like sure. we, we were very much structured, but in that structure, there was lots of places for me to just like 
walk up and say, can we just try it? Like, just tweak this little thing right here, knowing that all I needed was that little moment in this spot. And if they get that, all right, great. We can, we can jump off. That's fantastic. And I think that you can, you can feel that where it does feel like this is something that is very tightly put together, but it's something that does feel lived in. Um, and this feels human, I guess, where it doesn't feel overly contrived. And for a material like this, I think it could be very easy to lean into certain elements of the story um, from the visual standpoint and give that away. And it has a warmth to it. I think the way that it looks, which is honest emotionally, but it's not necessarily thematically representative of what the film is, if that makes sense. Totally. I think, uh, again, without, we're going to be hearing without giving this away a lot, (laughs) but like, you know, we've now kind of alluded that there is some level of like genre element that comes in towards the end, but it doesn't change the fact that from top to bottom, you're watching a genre film just because that comes in at the end, you still need to be like, all right, but this is the vibe. Like now that you know, okay, like what am I looking at? What's the color palette? What is, is it, we want, I wanted it to have kind of like a nostalgic, fantastical quality to what you're looking at. I don't know about you, but nostalgia gives me a lot of anxiety. It really, like, I know some people that like love it. They love being reminded of their childhood. For me, I'm always like, I'm getting older. I'm dying. Depends on the element. It depends on the element, but usually with nostalgia, I'm like, I'm going to need to trim that back. It's just giving me a little, <laughs> like a lot of people have fun watching the kids from Stranger Things ride BMXs around sure. the eighties. And I'm just like, I did that, but I can't do that anymore. Cause I'm <laughs> almost 40. Like that's how, that's kind of how I click with nostalgia. So in a way that kind of informed how I kind of approached visually what we were trying to do. Also, um, I love this idea of a film, a genre film that's not a genre film. Um, that, but the classifying it that way kind of gives elements of it away. Um, and there's certain films that, I mean, something like Safety Not Guaranteed. Sure, that's a sci-fi film, but it's not. You know, at the same yeah. time, those kinds of things where it's this is really just a story about two people and their connection, and that's it. And totally. how these broken people are finding each other, really. And I think that while not the same thing, you're playing in that same sort of idea. These things that my favorite genre films are ones that they have genre elements, but they're not really about that thing. It's just that's something that's almost secondary that you could remove, and the film would still stand out. Yeah, absolutely. I love. I just love genre movies. Yeah. I love them. And I, and I didn't grow up watching horror. Really? I didn't grow up. No, not at all. In fact, I didn't, I didn't come to loving horror movies until much later in kind of my cinematic journey of watching films. Uh, probably because the first horror movie I watched was The Exorcist at like eight. My dad thought it would be funny. And he was like, yeah, let's rent The Exorcist. And I was like, nah, I don't like horror movies. I don't like these at all. This is not for me. And it wasn't until I got kind of braver, for lack of a better term, just to try stuff out, that I've kind of developed a real love for the horror part of genre. I was always a big sci-fi kid. But just in general, I like like seeing the imagination of genre. You know, there's some imagination that goes into that. As a kid, I always loved the proton pack, right? I loved sure, the trap. Yeah. I loved the device. I like the, the lightsaber that you hold. I like the tactile elements feeling the world 
when you see it, right? I wasn't like an action figure kid. I was like a Nerf gun kid, if that makes sense. Like it does make you sense. Kind of, yeah, you you almost like to feel the world and imagine it. So when it comes to genre, I I like it just to be there, you know, and, and it's for anyone, right? Like anyone could watch, hopefully anyone could watch That's Our Time. Be like, oh, I got something out of that. And they wouldn't necessarily be like, yeah, but I don't really like movies like that. It's like, well, what do you mean? You don't like, you don't like movies with people talking? <laughs> it's just people talking. That's all it is, you know? Well, there's not many uh, movies that would fall under sci-fi that I can show my wife. Um, and yeah, I could absolutely show her this film. She would enjoy this film. I know that 100%, no doubt that she could watch this oh, makes and happy. enjoy it. So, and, but I think that I could also show this to friends that are complete sci-fi nerds that would have something in this. And in fact, they would champion this because this is what they see as really what important sci-fi is, what, the, what it can be when you open up that sort of aperture a little bit and you look beyond what's normally being done. It's more than just spaceships. I think... We live in a particularly complicated time for genre filmmaking. You're gonna I mean like I've got I've got Star Wars stuff up there, I've got Marvel stuff around here somewhere. Sure. I love all that stuff. Like I love it. I'll go see any big blockbuster. That is what made me fall in love with filmmaking. But I do think we're kind of entering a space here where original stories are kind of we're kind of thirsty for them we're starving for original stories and it's i always laugh because i'm like the answer isn't make the next biggest ip thing we've seen before it's actually what's the next thing that's going to get people excited that we can build a world off of it's those types of things and that's our time isn't necessarily that but it's kind of maybe a reflection of internally what i hope you know, films could potentially become, which is original stories based off unique ideas that come from an individual's fears and point of view and what they kind of starve for when they watch art. And yeah, I think, I think that's the answer. Like everything everywhere all at once is a brilliant yep. film. It's really not that hard to know why so many people like it. Great representation, great story, Great genre filmmaking, funny, super heartfelt. Everything that you want to feel when you walk into a cinema, that movie gives to you in spades. I think you nailed the most important, for me, the the secret sauce to all films is a lack of cynicism. That that movie was made with heart. That you could tell this was the movie they wanted to make. And a lot of genre films, they are made cynically. They're made because I can get a horror movie made. You know, so... But sometimes interesting things come out of that where somebody really wants to make a different film. They have to have horror elements in it and they can come up with something pretty unusual and fun in that sense. But to me, it's usually the death nail of any film is when you can see smell them trying to find that we're going to build a world out of this. We're going to build this thing off of this. And it just it I don't know. I, I don't know how you avoid that when there's it's essentially it is a business in the end. Listen, I could be, uh, this could get like laid out in front of me when I'm pitching the feature based off the short, what I'm about to say. But it's like, usually people that are green lighting these decisions are afraid of losing their job. They yeah. don't like to take risks. And rightfully so. Like everybody needs a job. Everyone needs to yeah. provide for their family, provide for themselves. Like taking risks 
is just that it's risky. It's intimidating. It's scary, especially when you're playing with house money. Like you're not playing, like it is not even necessarily the house money, your money, because you're the house. I get it. It's an intimidating thing to do. But that being said, this is art and there has to be a level of imagination a level of risk and daring and wanting to do something that nobody's tried before. And like you said, things can be cynical. People can have cynical points of view. I think it's very important, but things shouldn't be made cynically, right? Like they need to be made with why would I watch this and why do I care? Like I'm only asking for 10 minutes of everybody's time. Like, And I want that 10 minutes. I want people to be like, hey, you respected my time. You understood that like I sat down to give you my, like of all the things that are vibrating on my body, telling me to pay attention to it. I chose to turn it all off and watch your film. For me, that's the blessing. And I'm going to use that 10 minutes to be as poignant and truthful as I can. And hopefully you laugh. Hopefully you are a little grossed out at some stuff, or maybe even kind of like, I would rather someone walking back hated it than be like, I felt nothing. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. better to better to instigate a feeling than to just have somebody be like, it was nice. <laughs> you well, know? It, yeah, I don't think you're going to have that problem. I don't think yeah. there's a lot of films that are made in a way where by the time people are getting to the parking lot, they're forgetting what they just saw. By the time they sure. get home, they can't even tell you what the plot was for the thing they just saw. Um, for yours, I know that won't be the case. It's not just because it, of the length of it. It's because it's told in a way that will have impact, that this will connect with people. And even if it is something where it pisses them off and they don't like what they saw, they're going to remember what they saw, which is that means you're doing you're on the right path to me personally. I just happen to be on the side that I actually really loved what I saw. And uh, Thank and you. you're one of those discoveries for me from uh, Phoenix Film Festival this year. You're one of the ones that I looked at and said, okay. Got to put down Alex's name when when the next thing comes down the pike. Got to make sure I check it out. So, oh well, that means a lot to me. I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later, and we've got some really. Uh, hopefully, you're watching something a little longer next time. That's the. Goal. <laughs> I hope so That's too. Well, goal. I mean, I I hope so too. I'm I'm a greedy American consumer, and I just want more, <laughs> and I want it like now. So yeah, I, I want more, whatever. And but it whatever that thing is, if it's a feature based on this, if it's a series, I, I don't care. You know, I'm, if it's, if you decide to start writing novels, great, cool. I'll check out whatever you're doing next, man. I, I assure you my ADD and my grammatical abilities, a novel is nowhere (laughs) in my future, nowhere in my future. My writing partner's like, don't even, he's like, I'll have to do all the work. If we write a novel, we're not doing a novel. We are not doing a novel. Fantastic. Okay. I I will, I will note that. So, but. But awesome. And um, so when, where can people go to find out more about the film? Where should we point people if they want to keep this on their radar? Because I definitely want people to see this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a couple things you do. Obviously, the easiest is social media. Just jump onto Instagram and look up That's Our Time Film. It should pop up. You can follow me at Alex Backus. I'm always posting about it. Um, We're on Letterboxd for anyone here that is really into Letterboxd. If you want to add it to your watch list, you can always do that. Um, But the Instagram, we're always posting what festivals are coming up. So the, the closest one coming up would be there's a virtual track at Panic Fest, which is oh, a fantastic. really, really cool 
a really cool genre festival in Kansas City, Missouri. Lots of really awesome genre films, cool shorts, cool features. I think Renfield's going to be there. Sisu's Brooklyn 45 is going to be there, which is one of my favorites yeah. of the year this year. So yeah, it's, definitely. There's great I'm stuff. I'm kind of like super stoked to get on a plane and go to Kansas City. But if you can't make it there, grab a virtual ticket and watch a bunch of short films. But if you want to see it in a theater, just find us on Instagram and we're always posting about where it's screening. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alex. And congratulations on the film. You got a special one here, man. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Cool. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. All right. Take care. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope. 